0: I'm Danielle McCrae. I'm Taylor Grey. I'm Laura Post. Jelly I'm Patty Matson.
1: What's it like to voice Ajara? Do you have a connection to the character?
0: Yes. Ajara
1: is. Ajara was actually one of the very first, like, super big, important roles I booked. What inspired you to become a voice actress?
0: Uh, so, what inspired me were. There were two different things. So, one, it was cartoons, inspired me to when again the voice acting.
1: What inspired you to start a tarot collection?
0: Well, I started studying tarot about 20 years ago and I started playing WoW a little over 11 years ago and, you know, the whole 20 years that I've been looking at tarot I've always thought to myself that I would just really love to make a deck.
1: What's it like to be a part of the Star Wars community?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any better community to be involved with. I know everyone who was a part of the show and worked on the show um, was so fortunate and grateful to be a part of it um, because it's an amazing family that you get brought into and you you realize that you go to things like Celebration was only a few weeks ago.
1: How do you feel about Sylvanas' progression in the next expansion?
0: Well, you know, um, I always try to uh, not be connected to judging her regardless because our our job is to deliver a performance for the character that uh, is not in judgment of of what she's doing or what they're writing because it's to stay true to delivering
1: thank you for listening to the mentally obsessed podcast i'm your host reese and today i have a very special guest the voice behind Sour Fang from the World of Warcraft universe, Cliff Jumper from the Bumblebee movie, and many other roles. Proud to introduce the wonderful Andrew Morgado. We was going to start Yucky. off with playing a little game first. Marry, slay or befriend
0: marry slay or befriend i love this i've i've played a, a slightly more more vulgarian version of this game before <laughs> all right marry slay or befriend okay
1: yes yes correct uh the first one are you going to say as sour fang, so who sour would marry slay or befriend okay okay and, and they're all going to be the world of warcraft characters
0: okay well i also know that i'm not like I, I'm not like Mr. Warcraft lore, so you, <laughs> you may have to hold my hand a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's completely fine, and I'm sure everyone else will.
0: Okay, cool. All right, everybody, help me.
1: Who would you marry, slave friend? Sylvanas.
0: You know, I would say marry.
1: <laughs> Quite a controversial one, this one, isn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? I mean, okay, so. You know, like kindergarten, it's always, like, the little person who's, like, you know, like, twisting the knife is always the person who actually likes you, really, and is just, uh, you know, too insecure to actually say their feelings. So, like, maybe this entire, you know, many campaigns and this entire experience has basically just been Sylvanas' inability to, you know, to to, to let her true feelings be known, Mm -hmm. you know, um... Uh, and uh, you know, there's there's a yin yin and yang duplicitousness to relationships that I think are very valuable. So uh, you know, I, I'd marry her. Plus, she's I saw some cosplay of her uh, in uh, at BlizzCon this year, and she comes off quite fetching.
1: Oh, how was BlizzCon anyway? Was was I've heard Patty Matson's take on it. How was your take?
0: It. I, I have to say, it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. I, I am not, I haven't gone to a lot. I've been invited to conventions and I haven't been able to go in the past. And so this is really like the first one that I both attended and, uh, you know, pr- like participated in. And I, I have to tell you, Reese, I, I, I it was a really, it was such a, a, a bigger thing that i was prepared for like i thought this was just going to be like a kind of a work function and it would be like you know go and shake some hands and you know make good with the people who 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 you work with and and everything and it was so much more than that i mean it it was truly something that i will carry with me forever i mean the, the fans the the community it was incredible you know and i don't know if you know but we did like this live performance of a couple of the cinematics and oh, yeah. uh and I, which I was scared of man really <laughs> scared I you know I don't come from like a theater background necessarily and, and this was massive I mean this was like you know this is basically like performing at a Metallica concert
1: you did really well I, I remember watching that actually you did really really oh. well everyone did well actually but you, you did yeah. really well
0: everybody did well and it and it was really well received I mean it's one of those things that like you know I mean I, I was afraid it could go either way but I, I just kind of trusted our director in that way and um I, I, it was really special, man. I, I'm a big softie when it comes to kind of seeing how things affect people, and um, and, and and again, I, I wasn't prepared for it. It was great. It, it was a, a phenomenal weekend. Really cool.
1: <laughs> okay. So next character, Mary Slay, yep. or befriend Jaina Proudmoore?
0: Uh, Jaina. Um. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say befriend.
1: All right. Okay. Any particular yeah. reason why?
0: Mostly because I don't know enough of the backstory to, to commit to either of the other two. The other two seem really kind of, uh, uh, you know, really, we're going for the long con on those ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So befriend sounds like the safest for me.
1: Okay, okay. So would you marry, slay or befriend Anduin Rin?
0: Oh, Anduin. Whew. Um... That's yeah. tough. I'm gonna say marry as well.
1: You'd, you'd marry Anduin. Any particular reason why? What's his? What do you? How do you feel like he's? I just feel like I stuff?
0: feel like we have a tremendous energy together. You know. Yeah. And I think that um, we've um, you know, we've been through a lot, and I feel like there's a lot of mutual understanding there. And I think that um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that uh, you know, you you didn't realize that it was right in front of you the whole time. You know.
1: Yeah, see, you did see their bond growing there. Yeah,
0: there's a huge bond there. And he lets me, you know, he lets me out. You know, he's able to see through my mistakes. You know, I'm able to see through my resentments. You know, I mean, people that can elicit that out of you, I mean, those are keepers.
1: Oh, that's great. Uh, So, I don't know if you'd know this character, but would you marry Slayer Befriend Straza?
0: Oh, man. Um, I'm looking at her right now. Uh, I'm going to say... God, I'm 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 so easy. I'm gonna say Mary. Yeah, I'm. You know, here's the thing for a big orc. You know, at the end of the day, I think we all want, you know, a little a little tend a little tenderness at the end of the day. You know, then there's someone who's like uh, someone who's like a caretaker and uh, looks over things and and protects things. I mean, I think that's a that's a big that's a big attractor. Um.
1: So Mary Slay friend Tyrande Whisperwind.
0: I- I'm going to slay her
1: Slay Ooh. I know it
0: seems weird right But I'm going to slay her for two reasons One I haven't slayed anyone yet
1: Oh true And,
0: uh, and B She's too distracting I'm looking at this fan art uh, Look if I were going to get anything done around here um, <laughs> I-, I can't have this I can't have this this is, this, is, this is too much
1: Yeah she's like wow just in your face
0: Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. She's, it's too much So again getting slain I'm slaying her <laughs>
1: She's getting the chop <laughs>
0: Getting the chop
1: So would you marry, slay, befriend Arthas?
0: Arthas, yes uh, Arthas um, You know what, I'm going to say befriend
1: You're going to befriend Arthas?
0: Yeah, I just I I don't I don't want to slay him Because I think it might be tough
1: <laughs>
0: And, uh, and, But I, I just feel like I need to keep this guy around
1: Yeah Oh yeah
0: um i just want to keep him near wow there is a world of warcraft sylvanas windrunner archery queen pvc action figure anybody can look that up it is really something wow
1: anyway all right i think uh patty matson's got a statue of that um i remember she showed me
0: it is really racy wow It, it
1: does look really good um so, last but not least, on the segment, marry, slay, or befriend Deathwing. Slay, slay. Because I
0: want to play something else, and I and I feel like um, there would be a lot, a lot of notoriety.
1: Yeah, he pretty much he messed the world up. Deathwing did.
0: <laughs> yeah, what did uh? Who plays him? Do you know? Uh,
1: ooh, no, I'm not hundred percent sure. Actually, I've never really looked into who, who plays him. Cause before. Um, It's more, World Warcraft actors, voice actors seem to be more mainstream these days, like everyone who plays the game knows who you all are, if you know what I mean, because they showcase them more at BlizzCon and stuff like that, but before they never really did that, That, not that I'm aware of. Right, it was
0: kind of just like, it was very behind the scenes and it wasn't like like a thing really.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I don't really know who it is. So we'll just go to the talking points at the moment. We'll just talk a bit about some of your characters in other games and styles. Oh, yeah. So you uh voiced Cliff Jumper in the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. Tell me a bit more bit more about that.
0: Alright, so that was um you know, that was one of those things when I was uh when I was a kid I used to watch Transformers and I remember there was an animated Transformer movie and I just remember being like what on earth happens that that these people get to make these voices for these guys like it was just the coolest thing in the world to me like I I didn't like really fall into voice acting I always wanted to do voice acting I didn't know like how to get there or what that really meant but I always wanted to do that Um, and so when I did this it was so funny because there was so much auditioning and there was so much callbacking uh, for anybody. Who doesn't, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows what a callback is, but it's like you, when they're whittling down the actor process to figure out who they're going to cast. A mm-hmm. callback is something like you know they've they've gotten through like a couple of rounds and you've made it to the next round, kind of sort of a thing. And you have to come and read it all again in front of people. And then if you do well at that, then you you know you get you get kicked up the ladder to even more important people. And then and then eventually you you get the job. And all of a sudden it's really. Fast and Furious, you know, like there's not a lot of prep and the director is only available for a small amount of time. And I just got rushed over to Paramount studios and, um, there was actually more stuff, uh, that I did for him than, um, I think, uh, actually ended up in the movie, which is kind of like a, a common thing for actors. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, you, you, they overshoot stuff and then they just use what they need. But, um, so it was kind of like this really big build up and it was and the, and the director was incredible. I mean it was uh uh you know the director I, I'm so bad at everything. I, I'm actually spacing on his name right now but uh he was great. He he directed Kubo and the Two Strings which is this really incredible animated movie if anybody's seen it. Um and uh, he was just uh you know it, you know it came down to this really cool thing I what, that I think happens between actors and directors when it's when it's like a really good fit is that not that i was the perfect fit but he was just a good fit at directing this because it just came down to, to characters like who is this guy and what is his you know and we, we see him sort of in the throes of like his last moments uh, on the moon um and so you just kind of get thrown into becoming this this thing all of a sudden and there's limited time and you just need to be like really on point doing it and um and I did it, and the director loved it, and I did a couple more takes of it, and we did some other stuff, and then boom, it was done. And I was just like shot out the back of Paramount. And I was like, <laughs> great, you're in a Transformer movie. Now, 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 get out of here. We'll validate your parking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they quickly like dismissed you then. I was like, yeah, that's it. You've done what you need to do. Go away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is so funny because I, I always thought, like, you know, like I don't know, I don't know what I thought when I was a kid, like you know, maybe we'd loll about in the south of France with the director like getting to know each other <laughs> you know or something, and then then if, you know then we'll maybe we'll shoot some stuff, maybe we won't we'll just see what happens, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know schedules are are kind of crazy, and um you know this is uh it was called Brighton Falls for the longest time that you know everything is code named, so you never really know what you're doing um. And so this, but everybody kind of knew it was a new Transformer thing, obviously. Like, they can't, they couldn't hide that, like, uh, yeah. when you read it. And I read for just about every single character. I mean, I think Optimus Prime and, and, and a couple other ones, um, were, uh, you know, those are the only ones that are spoken for. Every Transformer movie, uh, everybody's up for grabs again, for some reason. I don't, they don't really stick with the same actors playing the same Transformers all the time, except for the main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, what's funny is, is, another thing I did that day is that uh, they were trying to find a voice for Bumblebee, and they didn't really, they had this idea that he would have many different voices, mm-hmm. um, like as if you were cycling through a radio, you know? Um, and I think I'm actually I'm also one of Bumblebee's voices in that movie too, uh, just for a second, you know, like because he he takes on many different voices at
1: times. Oh, All right, oh, that's really interesting. I've seen the movie, um, but it's 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 quite blurry to me, so I don't really like remember like he him ha- still having that radio voice. I thought he had an original voice at first, but I think that was that was at the beginning, wasn't it? Was, was it? Yeah,
0: movie? yeah. Well, it, he, Bumblebee has a voice. I feel like like in some of the earlier Transformer movies that actually in the timeline occurred later, right? Because Mm -hmm. this was like a, you know, an origin story for Bumblebee. So this was like his first showing up to earth and he hadn't like absorbed enough of human culture yet to have a voice or to know what that was. And I think like that's, and so that's kind of what I think the director played with was like, the only thing he can do is he listens to, sort of the pop culture at the time you know and like i I think we even like played with this idea that i would do a yoda voice for him for a little bit as if like he's seen star wars and (laughs) so he's like like okay maybe i'll do that you know like do that i will you know yeah like maybe thinking that would be a good voice for it um and i don't even know if they use that i'm embarrassed to say i haven't watched the whole thing all the way through Like a classic narcissist actor, I only like skip to my part to see how it came
1: out. (laughs) I I think everyone does that, don't they? Every voice actor. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of like John Cena, like running around in the woods with a kid, um, and uh, ain't nobody got time for that.
1: (laughs) So, uh, we'll go to our next talking point, and that is Mortal Kombat 11 as Collector. Can you tell me a bit more about
0: that? The Collector. Man, that's a, that's a funny one. Um, so I played Mortal Kombat when it came out on the Sega Genesis. I thought it was the, just the coolest game on Earth. And uh, so it was really neat to get involved in that. And I didn't, again, and it's one of those things where they don't really tell you what it is until you kind of have the role. And then then they let you know, which I think is cool. And, I, and I've said this in interviews before. I, I think that, like, a lot of actors complain about not being told what the project is or what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that because I, I guess they want transparency and, you know, mostly because if you know it's a bigger franchise, you can ask for more money, you know? <laughs> um, you know, it kind of helps you in the bargaining process. Cause if you're like, Oh, if this is some like, you know, little grassroots game, like you're like, all right, well, we'll, you know, we'll work with them. But if you find out that it's like this big monolith, you know, you're going to be like, no, I'm going to put the screws to them. So, I think that's why they do it. But I like not knowing because I feel like the, you know, the, the cachet, uh, that comes along with like a, you know, like an, a, an entity like mortal Kombat is, uh, you know, it would I would start thinking about mortal Kombat I would start thinking about what they've liked in the past. And I think it would affect what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead for the collector, well, all I got was, um, you know, I got this cool art, Uh, sometimes we're lucky enough to get these really great art renderings of what, you know, sort of the preliminary idea of what the characters will be and this version was like he was like this kind of I don't even know, like he he had this sort of like devilish pumpkin like face, like shrouded in a hood with no nose and he had these multiple arms and he he was carrying what could only be described as like uh, one of those frankincense holders that Catholic priests have on a chain that like they swing along, you know, as they come up the aisle, it's, it's sort of like that blessing. And I just thought that was the weirdest thing. And, um, they didn't really have any breakdown of what they wanted for this guy, but they did explain that he was sort of a creature and he was sort of, a, you know, kind of like the muscle that was like shaking down people for, uh, you know, their for, you know, he was like a, you know, he was kind of like the merchant of Venice in that way, you know, he was after his pound of flesh Mm-hmm. Um so that's all I knew. And so I you know, every once in a while you're lucky enough to just make the noise with your face that uh that that they really liked, and they liked it right out the gate. Um and so I kinda made him, you know, uh right in here, sort of this Middle Eastern accent and sort of like this bestial kind of feeling to his voice. Mm-hmm. and uh they dug it and um and Nether realm was really cool uh that, you know uh, about um kind of developing him and you know fitting him into the space uh you know it's it's tough it's tough when you are a new character in an already like beloved or maligned game because you know everybody loves the classic characters and people ev- people always talk about like come on guys do something new but then you do something new and everyone's like terrible <laughs> You know, (laughs) and um, there was a lot of leaks with that game. And and it was kind of interesting. I I, kind of like trolled around online a little bit, kind of looking uh, because someone had leaked some beta play footage or something like that. And someone had locked on that that, that, that someone's character's code name was K.O.L. And so people like it it was funny to like read. uh, Everybody was kind of thinking like, oh, this might be this. This might be that. Maybe this is. You know, it's code name for someone. I mean, it was people were like really getting into what this could be. Um, and then uh, I don't know. Do you are, are you a big fan of the game?
1: Um, I haven't played the game, no. Um, but I was I was looking at your IMDb page, and I I have played a couple of Mortal Kombat games, but I don't think I've played this uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven yet. But I, I okay. have, But I've played the Mortal Kombat games. I played it with my cousin. Um, I can't remember which which
0: one right well I, my my only question was is like if you liked the, if you liked the the character i mean i think he had some I mean, it comes down to like how original is his story how cool is his look and then but more importantly like what sort of really unique violent moves does this guy can this guy bring to mm-hmm. the space you know um and I think he delivered on that. Uh, you know, there's, hate is going to hate, but, um, you know, I think overall uh, it was cool. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was a really fun process. I actually just did some DLC for that. Um, so there will be more Collector coming to a Mortal Kombat near you soon.
1: Oh, that sounds very, very interesting. And I, might have no, I probably, look...
0: just, probably just got myself fired for saying that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I hope, I hope you don't we'll cut this out
0: <laughs> no uh, I'm kidding I'm kidding it's fine I mean everybody knows that I play that guy and everybody knows that the content gets added it's fine
1: oh uh, that's that's completely fine <laughs> I was gonna say this is live
0: <laughs> yeah people do make those mistakes there's no editing it we can't edit it it's out no, there
1: no no Um. so next talking point is the outer worlds Um. and your character is Sanjar Nandi uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right My... I think that's perfect oh is it oh that's that's great. That's great. So can you tell me a bit more about that character then? How what what you what was your experiences with this character?
0: Alright, so that that was a really interesting one. Um and I, I wanna apologize to everybody. There is a lot of stuff that I've done lately that is not on IMDb. Like you're kinda locked out as an actor. Uh so I always forget like what's up there and what's not. Um so I guess that's up there. That's cool. Um Yeah. So yeah, the um so that is directed by a great, great woman named Amanda Wyatt, who is like uh, she is this phenomenal human being who is such a great director. And she she's she directed me on Call of Duty as well. Um, and uh, and so it was really great to have her uh, in the room. And this is one of those uh, it was like really came in hot and heavy. One of these things that like sometimes you audition for stuff and you don't hear about it for a year. And then someone's like, oh, they have interest in you for that. And you're like, I don't even remember that. um. But this happened real quickly. It was like really big auditions. It was like, usually you you can audition for things at your home studio, but this was like they wanted you in person, in front of people, like right from the get go. There was callbacks that happened really quickly. And um, I have to say it was kind of intimidating, um, this character, because it's it's a real departure from like what I, I do have done in the game, in games and animation. Like I'm kind of a character actor, so, you know, and I feel like while that's fun and i think i'm pretty good at it 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 is a crutch uh, admittedly you know i mean you can really hide behind like a baddie you know or like a, you know sort of like just the evil and everything that goes along with being a bad guy who especially if he's like a partial creature you know like there's just a lot to dig into there but this guy was like this uh sort of middle-aged uh you know um, born to um, Indian parents of you know of Indian descent, but not necessarily you know they did they did not want like an Apu type character you know very sensitive about that like not wanting to make him in any way stereotypical, and he's um you know I think he's uh you know an LGBTQ character I don't I don't know if they I I don't know how he how they you know make him come off in the game mm. uh, but. That, that was discussed. He is that um, certainly, um, which is awesome because I've never had like the opportunity to to take on that layer, um, and I think it's just great that that's being uh, you know woven into games as it should be and should have always been. But yeah. um, you know, um, and so that so that but that's intimidating too because that's uh, you know that's so so I'm not I'm not a creature, you know I'm not a baddie, <laughs> and um, you know I'm um, I'm just a, it's a very diff- 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 different kind of guy for me and 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 so like i have you know sort of this high pitched voice and um as if maybe i had been educated in in the uk a little bit but hadn't spent all my time there and maybe like every once in a while there's like a little bit of a hint of maybe what my mother sounded like you know like it's it's <laughs> by no means, and and so and to do so i mean there was thousands of lines for this guy Really? And they wanted to do it do it in short order. I mean, we did a lot yeah. of stuff in a row. It was really hot and heavy, and the game came out really quickly. Which, mm-hmm. I, after the sessions, which is is sort of for me, I had an experience that usually it takes forever. Like, like I mean, you'll do something and years <laughs> later it'll come out. Um, so this and 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 uh, I'm really this was the first time I'll say the Outer Worlds big up to the Outer Worlds and everybody who produced it because they're the first people in my career who ever offered me a copy of the game really yeah that never happens like you'd think that like i'd be like swimming in like swag from like Uh the things i've worked on like not even slightly like i i I know i always had this fantasy that like my home studio would be like just like you know overflowing with all this like cool like you know regalia of like you know all the 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 characters i'd played like nope like if i want anything from anything i had to go out and buy it you know (laughs) um but they were like they were so I actually haven't got the game yet. But they just asked me what platform I wanted it on, and so I'm I'm really excited to play it. Um, it was really challenging to play this guy, um, and I'm actually playing another character that's less that's more just me. It's just my it's basically my normal, my persona basically uh, in in the Fallout universe, um, and which is fun because I I don't know if that if I'm if I'm you know, leaving my, my creaturey y uh, like, sort of beginnings behind, and people are kind of, like, taking me more seriously now, I don't know what it is, but they're like, God, oh, this guy doesn't have to be a 25,000-year-old dragon, maybe he can just be some guy, <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, The Outer World is incredibly unique, and, and if anyone has played it, I've heard really cool things about it, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's just a testament to kind of where games are going, they're really into character development now, Um you know, when I started doing games, it was just shouting. We just shouted. <laughs> it was just shouting orders. <laughs> you know, like that's all it was. It was like you know, um, you know, some of those early like com- command and conquer generals and like these games, where it was just it was just yelling in battle. You know, battle yells. And now there, I love that it's there's a lot of care taken into kind of crafting scenes and stories. So uh, Outer World was a big, uh, uh, it was it was a really unique experience for that.
1: See, The Outer Worlds is a very popular game. Like, I haven't played it myself, but it was all over Twitter. I was like, "Whoa, this game!" And then when I was looking at your IMDb uh, to do some research to so I understand a bit more about you, and you said The Outer Worlds was on there, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a big, uh, a big role as uh, as well as World of Warcraft and the Bumblebee movie." Do you remember your very first role?
0: absolutely um well my first role okay like period in life or in a game in a game okay it's so funny uh that you would ask that because i <laughs> um i i just mentioned the name of the game um so i i had like a big break like not not on purpose not not my choice break from acting Mm -hmm. Um, when I moved to LA, I basically like graduated high school and like moved to LA. I didn't, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just want to get out there and be a part of it, you know? Um, and, uh, this was back when EA games was like a big, uh, force. And, um, I immediately, one of the first things I booked in like early 2000s was the command and conquer series. And this was before there was like union rules. And so you played like, you know, there was no limit to how long they could work you. There was no limit to how many characters you'd play. And I played tons for, for Command and Conquer Generals, which was like I don't even know, like, if anybody knows about that game anymore, but at the time it was a big deal. And I played um I played uh a character called Jarman Kell, which was like I mean God, in, in retrospect, I mean, I think this was even before September eleventh, so um it was I don't know. It was never appropriate to be this, but it it, it was basically like a really stereotypical like terrorist Arab character. <laughs> uh, um, and I, if I heard it now, I would probably just I, I would be shocked at how <laughs> stereotypical and then offensive it is. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I was like a like a, a crazy uh, Arab terrorist. <laughs> but the um, the job that I the first job that I ever got that was like a SAG job where I like got to join the union. And um, so uh, my departure from acting, my, you know, uh, unintended departure was only because it's really hard (laughs) to get hired as an actor in LA and stay there. Um, And I think you have ups and downs. And and basically uh, in the early two thousands, it was really expensive to make your own home studio. And so I was like, well, I'm barely acting. I'm super poor. I need to like figure out something else. So I took an internship at a sound company, like a post-production sound company, Mm. which actually became a job that I did. I I worked in sound for many years while I was like still trying to, you know, do the acting thing. And, uh, and I was like, well, look, I'll put myself in a, in a place where there's studios, where there's microphones, where there's directors, where there's people. And, you know, I'll do, I'll learn another trade and, and hopefully I'll have exposure to, you know, be able to do this other thing I want to do. And, And sure enough, it wasn't too long after I started there that um, I worked with this great director named Claudio who was directing Hollow Man 2, which was um, uh, the Christian uh, Slater-based follow-up to Hollow Man 1. And uh, there was this character that uh, was a Hollow Man that uh, had... He he could be seen again. He was hollow. But uh, they got all into this technical breakdown of being a Hollow Man and basically... uh, you know, our skin protects us from the harmful UV rays. And, uh, when you're a invisible person, your, your organs are being exposed to the sun. If you're naked and invisible and outside, and uh, eventually you start growing cancerous cells and the new cells are not invisible. So this character was sort of like this big lump of cancerous cells, uh, cause he had been invisible for so long. And, um, Like, they had a stuntman or someone play him that they didn't like his voice. The voice didn't match. Like, he looked like, you know, he was in this heavy prosthetics and makeup, um, but they wanted a a cooler or, like, a more appropriate voice for him. And they had been trying out a bunch of people, and I was the guy who was recording the auditions. And I didn't realize I was doing this, but while we were doing it, I I kind of had memorized the script that so many people had come through, and I was mouthing along in sync with the character with this other, this voice that i was doing i don't remember what voice it was but the director just kind of like pulled me aside afterward and he was like do you are you an actor and i was like oh i've done some things i kind of want to be and he was like i want you to try to revoice this character he's like the thing you were doing in there while the other actor was doing it was better i like it and so he he i i I revoiced this character in hollow man too and that was like the first my first foray into like you know, getting, joining the union and kind of, kind of getting like a little bit of an official stamp on something and getting a credit that, you know, was, cause you didn't really get credits in video games. It was hard to, IMDB was just kind of barely starting and there was no way to know what you did. I mean, everybody just, you know, wrote down stuff on the back of their headshot and hope <laughs> people believe, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah. So those were kind of like my first two little, little characters that I played. Yeah, one was like a cancer-riddled tumour man and one was a horribly stereotypical Arab terrorist.
1: So you never know who you meet. Um, like he says, you've met like a director and then you was able to... Well, you were sitting in with the director or something and then you was able to get your book your first role and then that created like these, these doors for even better, bigger roles and you're still going you go now, aren't you? And you're probably going to have even more bigger roles in the future.
0: Hopefully, yeah. I mean, you know, it's so funny, you know, you get these opportunities and and that, you know, the little person in you that has heard these Hollywood stories is like, oh my God, that's my big break. Here we go. You know, it's time to get a lick of the brass ring, you know, like (laughs) from humble beginnings, you know? um, But it was like, I think I got that role. And then it would be like five years before I'd work as an actor again. (laughs) You know, like it was like, you know, I was like, here we go, you know, like wheels up on Andrew's little acting career and um but yeah i mean i think it you know i if you had told me how how long the timeline would be when i was like 18 and really like green and excited it probably would have been really daunting um uh, like they'd be like well you might make it but it's going to be at least two decades before you'll <laughs> know kid i'd be like oh gosh i i'm just going to be a waiter you know oh um but Yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, slowly but surely that was like a thing that became another thing that became another thing. And, um, you start to kind of cobble together relationships and, um, you know, hopefully you don't irritate anybody and, and you kind of have good word of mouth about you. And, you know, you start to build a resume that people have either seen or heard of. And, um, you know, then it starts to become, You know, things start to come a little more readily uh, once you have been in things, um, which is nice. You know, work gets work. So, um, but you know, it could all go away at any minute. Reese, never take it for granted.
1: (laughs) It's it's like this ripple effect. It's I think it's the same with any media job these days. It's like it's that progression of. Well, it depends because some these YouTubers who are, like, really popular and things like that, they, can, they could probably get into any gig because of their popularity. Like, I know some YouTubers who have, who, who have gone into acting. I don't personally know them, but they've gone into acting because they're reputable and everyone knows who they are. Um, And I feel like when I do my podcast, I feel like sometimes I'll, I sit there and I'm... Because I've got really bad mental health issues and I sit there and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, ew, what, what, what are you? And then... It's like it's sometimes it is difficult to like try and progress, and there's always this like pressure, especially here in the UK, to get like a normal nine to five job, like you know right. working in a bar or at a desk or anything like that. And it's like it's really stressful, and I'm like ah, I want to get into either presenting, radio, or how what I'm doing now, podcasting.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, here, the good news is it's a brave new world and new roles and new jobs are like flourishing. I mean, I think like humanity kind of hit like a pretty, like a big plane there from like, you know, the 1950s through the nineties, you know, where it was just like, yeah, it was that it was like, and get a nine to five, you know, like go to college, get in a you know, uh, you know, get like a, a small degree enough to like get you into some sort of cubicle and then just like hammer it out till retirement you know <laughs> um i think the youtubers thing i mean you know as a person who's done a lot of, of acting stuff at this point like there is a little bit of like a uh, you know like just you know like people getting acting roles just for being famous you know without like a lot of the craft background um you know i think a lot of people are resentful of that but i mean at the same time i mean from the business standpoint i'm it just makes sense i mean people want clicks people want views you know and you know, that's a thing for, you know, and that's, you know, you mentioned like that I'm not really, I don't really have a Twitter presence, you know, like if there's anything I need work on, it's, it's, it's my social media and online presence. Like I just missed it by a hair where I just, I personally cannot seem to cultivate a lot of interest personally in doing it, but I completely understand its value. Yeah. You know, like really do. I mean, like, cause there's all these horror stories that you hear about, like, you know, great actors getting passed over for like a person who's not an actor, but has more followers you know because like you know Disney uh, uh, I heard this thing about Disney that Disney you know like will will absolutely go with a less um, uh, a less experienced actor if they have more followers you know and so there's like this mad rush that uh, like actors did there for like a little bit there and are still doing I'm sure where, where it's just like they feel like the only foothold they're going to have is is getting followers you know so, because then if people feel like they have a built in audience with somebody then that's you know, they just, like, get little dollar signs in their eyes. And, you know, I mean, uh, but I think that will, it will wane and it will change. And, you know, um, I think you're doing the right thing, though. I mean, it's, you know, like, never before has have people, and by the way, sitting down and looking at yourself in the mirror and going, ugh, <laughs> that is not a you thing, dude. That is an every human on earth thing, whether they care to admit it or not. Yeah. You know, I mean, Lord knows I have done that. And I still do that. I still do that. I mean, I am so incredibly hard on myself. And I have kids now. I have two little kids. And, you know, it's so hard to parse out, like, your own damage and just make sure you don't get – you try to get as little of it on your kids as possible, you know. You just want to give them a shot at just – being okay with who they are and I have girls too and you know like being a being a being a little girl and the, and the things that sort of females are faced with now both in the workplace and and everything it's uh you know it's daunting and, I, and and I feel very unequipped to 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 help them sometimes because I'm like I don't know what I'm doing like how am I supposed to like write the operating system for these two little human beings when like I'm barely like getting it myself you know
1: yeah me, me and my auntie was on about this the other day I, was, I had my cup of tea and she was talking about how these girls at work are like all plastic surgery and, and they're all on about getting these big bums and, and stuff yeah. like that And it's, it is like there's, there's just this pressure these days to look this certain way all the time and to be successful yeah. in social media and stuff like that it is quite shitty
0: Yeah. It's weird. You know, it's really weird. It's so weird, isn't it? Because those are the same people that would be like outrageously, um, you know, like offended by everything on social media too, you know, like so quick to like, you know, uh, you know, want to litigate someone for like looking at them the wrong way. But then they also are like making a cartoon of themselves physically, you know, like it's, I, it, it, it's like pick a lane, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't, I don't, I really, it's, it's scary and you know it's always a it's a it's a chosen view i mean i think that there is an inherent desire that people just want to be liked and they just want attention and and lord knows we all do i think that's a normal thing right i mean we want to be accepted we want to be we want to feel like we belong i think we want to feel like we're important i want to feel like we want to feel like we're heard but i feel like like there's these, these these versions of it especially um with kids who have kind of grown up, grown up in this sort of like, you know, on demand environment where, you know, everything is, is sort of these like really fast, you know, quick delivery, you know, get as many likes as possible. Like this sort of like quick, get that little dopamine hit in your brain from like, you know, people liking what you do or or whatever that is. It it kind of creates uh I don't know. Uh, uh, like, a, it's got to. I mean, there's there's got to be some strange brain function happening, you know. Like, I I look at my my little girls are on TikTok, you know, and and they they love it. I mean, they they love it to the point that it's like unhealthy feeling, you know. And at the end of the day, they're just looking at people that are cutting together little videos and doing things, but like they already like they have this. They've already placed this value on hearts and likes and even though it doesn't really mean anything, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of staggering, um, kind of where society is at this point, um, with that stuff. But I don't know. I mean, but then again, like, you know, I'm in my late thirties now. I mean, you know, people were saying like, you know, Elvis is the devil, like not so long ago. I mean, like maybe I'm just being that guy, you know, like I've just, you know, like I think every generation that precedes yours makes no sense yeah you know and like you you will too like you you know you're you're what in your early 20s 21 yeah okay like you know like you know the kids that are 20 years behind you um all of a sudden you're going to reach a point in 10 or 15 years from now where you go like i don't know what's wrong with these kids you know like you'll (laughs) say that even though you just were those kids like (laughs) a second ago you know it's really it's bizarre
1: so we're gonna go on to some World of Warcraft type questions now about your role as Saurfang. Get it. We're so sure. what made you go for the role of Saurfang? Is the is there something that you connected with when Blizzard like talked about his character or anything like that?
0: Um Wow, I uh, I, I wish that I I had selected that uh you know that was kind of the luck of the draw on that one um you know once again it was one of these things that i didn't know who i was reading for and i didn't know what it was for uh all i did was i read that blizzard is really good about breakdowns like they give you really good art they give you they give you really useful information like some games um they, they give you like tons of backstory like you know, like, you know, wet his bed until he was six, you know, but then like you read, but then you get to the script and it's like, you know, Hey, come here. You over there. Hey, wait a minute. You're like, why did I need all this backstory to have like a couple, you know, couple, you know, very generic, you know, call outs. Um, but they're really good at balancing kind of who the, who, like explaining who characters are. And I think that that delivery system really helps actors kind of get to the core of what this was. But so you know, I think I got in the door because I was able to do this deep, cool-sounding voice. I think that that got me in the door, and then once they worked with me a little bit on the callbacks and kind of figured out that oh, maybe you know, there's more to him than just like this big, deep voice that he can do. Uh, I, I think they gave me a shot at, at trying to develop this character, which had been a you know, this guy had been a, a part of the of the world for a really long time, but they just hadn't gone that deep on who he was. At mm-hmm. least um, they didn't push him to the front of anything as much. Like I, you know, if you, you know, he always had a backstory and his brother and his son and his father and all that was that that was intact. But um, you know, he hadn't really been put into the limelight yet. And I think I just, you know, Andrea Toyas is the director, and she was the wonderful woman who was on stage with us um, when we did the reenactment stuff at BlizzCon, and she is like a really gifted human being, in, in the way that she is able to. You know, it's really weird, you know, you, you, you go to a lot of voiceover session, you know, you don't have the luxury of dressing up like the role, and you don't have the luxury of getting on a set, and you know, you know facing off with other human uh, or characters that are, that are equally, you know, dressed up in, in the garb or the look, so you, it leaves a lot to the imagination, you know, and I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico, I had no TV until the 90s, uh, so I, you know, I think that I was, I was, even though at the time I hated my parents for that because I thought, I felt like I was, why did they raise me like this weird country hippie? But what it did was it made me have to have an imagination. You know, like I, I spent the first 13 years of my life just imagining what things would be like rather than actually like, you know, seeing it, I wasn't fed anything. I was, I had books and I had my little mind. Um, and so when they, when, when they started explaining to me Who this character was I think like I was lucky enough Because of that experience To have a little bit more of a readily uh, Like accessible idea Of who this guy might be um, And I've always said this weird thing too I, I, I say it to my wife I, I always said like I gotta do this acting thing Because like I wasn't really made for this time I always felt like I always thought like I just felt like I would be better off Swinging a you know, a cudgel on a battlefield 600 years ago. I mean, not that I'm a violent person, but I just like, I'm more of a meat and potatoes human in that way, which is ironic because I'm actually a vegan, but (laughs) (laughs) you you know what the saying is, right? Like, you know, like I, I, I would rather be faced with like, you know, protecting and getting water and like shelter. Like these are things that like, I would excel at, you know, not like, you know, like, how do I tag someone in, in like a post, you know, these are things, that's why I'm like all, all confounded with those, with like technology in that way sometimes, you know, cause I'm just like, I, I just have a simpler approach to things. And this is very much who this guy was. I mean, he has this fierce loyalty, but he's made these incredible amount of mistakes. You know, I really related to that. I got into a lot of trouble when I was younger, you know, m- you know, my, my coming to Los Angeles to become an actor was like <laughs> a hail Mary, uh, to to basically not go to jail or join the military i mean those were pretty much my options, and (laughs) i decided like i'm gonna go to california and try this out i got into a lot of trouble um rant got in with the wrong crowd when i was younger and 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 so i i had a lot of that like uh I, i have a lot of relate i relate a lot to making mistakes and um and sort of you know, atoning for them and, and, uh, trying to, trying to be better, you know, trying to, you know, um, you know, rather than, you know, abandon your past to look it squarely in the face, see it for the problems that it was, take ownership of your part in that and try to, uh, see what can be salvaged out of the thing that you're doing. That is probably greater than you. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't have come to those conclusions if it wasn't for the way that, that Blizzard approaches voice acting, which is, you know, if anyone saw, like, the live streamer was at BlizzCon, there was a lot of improv, and there's a lot of exercises that go into uh, the process before we actually record anything. Um, and so by the time that you're actually recording something, which is unique to Blizzard, you, you have a good idea of who you are, you have a good idea of who you're... You know the other characters are. and 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 as a result of of the exercises that you've gone through, you have a comfort and an ease with the other actors that you don't necessarily have all the time uh, in in games and acting. Sometimes you're just th- you're just in a room of strangers feigning uh, you know relationships. and and in this way they they were able to build that. and uh, which is really which was really a unique and fun experience. and I, and I think it shows. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, not to like toot my own horn, but I, I, I mean, like, I feel like my work is better having had these people that were writing it uh, Christy and um, the people that wrote that stuff, and Talon uh, and, and Andrea, the director. Like, it's a huge marriage of that, you know? Like, I don't think I would have been anywhere near able to do that as as well as it came off if it wasn't for all the people who like strive to build that before i even like walk through the door so it was like you know a massive team effort on that which is really cool and and you know i you don't know what it's ever going to become you know sometimes you think it's going to be oh man this is going to be a big deal that's the kiss of death if you ever (laughs) think that you know because usually it just means a that's never going to come out or you'll be cut out completely you know it's always when you leave something going you know what I don't really care what happens with that. I really, that was a great experience. You know, then usually those things, you know, kind of grow legs and become something that other people enjoy too, which is cool.
1: So talking on the behind the scenes, have you got any interesting behind the scenes stories you can disclose?
0: Oh man. Uh, you mean like, um, I, uh you mean like with, with like other actors and
1: things yeah like you know when you're recording have you got any like any like banter or anything like that you know what i mean not not like secrets or anything like that You, you know what I mean? right
0: yeah no <laughs> i mean um well you know the uh that process you, you get really close with people um kind of right out the gate that uh you know that you uh otherwise wouldn't have really known before and and you, you know you're kind of forced to like share a lot about yourself like right away in the acting process and so there is kind of a shorthand that you get with people um and uh i mean you know i because i don't you know you work in a bubble as a voice actor a lot and so you're not always um you know there's like a lot of like backstory things that probably aren't appropriate for like you know airing other people's business out there but you know um the, with the blizzard stuff is is unique because you work a lot with the other actors, which uh, because of schedules and because of timelines, most of your work is done by yourself, in a room with all the directors and stuff, but you just do your side of it, you know and and people tell you like, okay, so this character is going to say this to you, and then you say, and then you read your script, you know mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of it is done by yourself, in a bubble um, but you know, what was really funny, I think, uh, is is when you're able to get so comfortable with your character that you can stop being in the world that's created for it. And uh, I think people saw some of this stuff, uh, the improv stuff that they played um, with Chris Metzen, who was, uh, you know, one of the founders of Blizzard and plays Thrall. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting to know this guy who is like this incredibly talented and funny guy, even though he'd be the first to tell you, like... I'm not a voice actor. I don't do that. i, I you know I, i'm a, I'm a dork. and um and that then that's primarily what I do, what I am. you know, um he he's actually really good at it. You know, he's one of those people who wouldn't give himself credit for it, but he's he's a really talented dude. And you know, we joked a lot about, like, wouldn't it be great if Thrall and Sarfang had a podcast? <laughs> yeah. you know, where like but it was contemporary. like we were just talking about. You know, oh man, this impeachment hearing. Are you kidding me? You know, like just kind of, you know, just we would just discuss, uh, you know, current events or something like that. You know, um. So I mean, you know, I don't know about uh, behind the scenes stuff, really. That it that I could say without like outing somebody's. <laughs> <laughs> privateness. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I'm so bad at that too. By the way, like, I I am like. You know, I, I I still have that kind of like sad clown thing where I'm just like, if I'm I'm like a people pleaser. If someone's like, tell me a story, I'm like, all right, this could totally destroy someone's life, but I want people to like me right now. So here it goes.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah,
0: so be careful.
1: So uh, do you think Fang was a strong character?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do think uh, he was a strong character. Um. You know, I think that we all kind of wrestle with our mortality a lot. Uh, I know I do. Um, You know, I've always kind of had an unhealthy sort of fixation on the, you know, death, um, which is like a very, a very metal side of me. But I'm sure that like when faced with the actual thing, like I'll probably be really scared. Um, But for some reason, I, I really identify with his, the honorable death idea, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do I have to say, um, as a father, you don't really get that anymore. You know, once you become a father and, and, you know, he lost, you know, Sarfang lost his son, which yeah. is like a huge source of his pain. And I, and I think it's a huge source of, um, you know, what makes him, uh, you know, feel the hopelessness that he feels in the end. Um, you know, uh, it's so weird when you make another creature, uh, uh like, like yourself, you know, when you, when you procreate, um, you know, it, it, you don't know what you're doing, but you, there is an animalistic thing that happens inside of you that, that causes you to be so concerned and so protective over something that you don't even understand at all, you know? Um, and, and, uh, You know, I think that that was very much alive in him. I I think he was an extremely strong character in the, you know, I don't think strength is always, you know, being a great warrior. I I think strength is being able to be honest about where you've been wrong. You know, Um, I think Joe Rogan once said, like, you know, like I'm much more attracted to the type of character who burns their life to the ground and then comes back and Mm. makes it right, you know, than a person who just, like, you know, is just a rock star out the gate, you know, because it's so hard to dig yourself out of a deficit, you know? Um, and I can really relate to that, so... And I think, yeah, I think he's an incredibly strong character, I, although there were moments where I did I did feel like I wish he wasn't copping out, even though I think it was necessary. I mean, what he did in the end was he sacrificed himself to truly show uh, Sylvanas' true colors, right? I mean, like, he needed to do that in order to reveal her true intentions and you know, his, his one life was a small, was small, a small price to pay for, you know, what, what's going to follow. Um, and I think that's very romantic and, and, and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, like as a person who like, you know, like there is like a lot of, I, I think, you know, like I was listening to this thing on the radio earlier today, like talking about you know, suicide is, is, is this huge thing now, you know, I mean, it, it is, we're talking about it more, it's happening more, I think people are finally, you know, it was too ugly and too scary. Uh, I think people are starting to have conversations about mental health that, you know, uh, we just weren't having before because it was just too uncomfortable. And I think people are finally walking through the discomfort, uh, more and, and getting dialogue about things that make people uncomfortable. And, you know, I think he's a strong character. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I would have liked to... Well, I mean, I would have liked to stay employed. <laughs> so I would have liked him to, uh, I don't know, maybe start a farm. And, uh, you know, like, I ought to do something. Like, uh, let's get a, let's get a mo- few more... Uh, let's get a few more scenes out of this guy. But no, I, I he was a strong guy, I think, uh, who was relatable in many ways, and I think he did the right thing. Um, let's just hope he shows up somewhere else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... What what was your greatest moment of voicing the character?
0: Oh man, uh no doubt it was BlizzCon. No doubt. I mean, uh, you you just don't know what this thing is until you you meet the people who who uh um consume it. You know, like it, again, like you know, I'm just a little guy who goes and does his job and then he goes home and he like worries about bills and like, it's, it's a very like normal human existence. But then, you know, you go and have the opportunity to see that something that you kind of thought up in your head in concert with other people's incredible writing and directing has affected someone. I mean, that was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. So, I mean, and that has absolutely been, uh, you know, was the crowning moment of, of everything I had done up until this point. Like I've done a lot of little roles and a lot of little things here and there, but like, I, you know, I've never gone, I've never seen how it affected people. And, and, and so, I mean, being able to do that live performance and then like get the feedback from people afterwards was, uh, was really cool because I like at my heart, I'm a fan, you know, like I was a kid who just, I just wanted to, be a part of something because like music and 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 things that and books and characters i mean was everything to me like I, I knew how it affected me like it was everything to me it dictated how i thought how i dressed you know like i like i'm just such a fan of, of the arts in that way you know and like to know that maybe i had like a part of something that did that for someone else is like the coolest thing ever
1: if somehow sour was to be revived to return How would you want your character to make his entrance?
0: Oh, man. You know, I don't know, like, my initial... I'm all, like, fanfare, so, like, I imagine him, like, you know, riding a lightning bolt, (laughs) like, right down into the center of Azeroth and, like, creating a crater. But, I mean, realistically, like... I would like his character to be, like, some kind of, uh, I don't know, like a Jiminy Cricket type character, you know, like, who who kind of, like, you know, like, he could be, like, Zappy Boy's conscience, Mm -hmm. you know, he can kind of be, like, the voice that echoes through the ages of, like, you know, um, let's not make the same mistakes again kind of a thing, you know, you know, let's, you know, let's let's be better, like, we're all, like, growing, Uh, we're all raising young ones we're all you know participating and trying to dig ourselves out of like whatever mess we've placed ourselves in you know let's like you know those kind of voices of the past you know it's kind of like that feeling that you get when you see a veteran like when i was a kid and i saw like an old man with like one of those hats that had like you know like one of the battleships or destroyers on it you know i didn't get it you know and then i i consumed a lot of like world war ii history at one point in my life and once i did that or world war one or whatever any veteran i mean any war whatever i mean we, it's just that you know uh you know some of the more recent wars uh you know our veterans are, are younger but when i when you see these older guys from a different generation that took part in these planet changing events you know there's just such a respect for these guys you know and and what they went through to afford us you know these lives that we get to live like you and me get to like get on like this like little digital technical you know tech platform to like discuss like this media that we like to consume you know i mean like we were afforded that because of like these guys that you know these older orcs that went to battle for us you know to afford us to to be able to have these you know semi-frivolous uh you know parts of our life that it's like you know they we get to get we get to have the gravy you know like these guys had to go out and hunt yeah you know um and i think that like that's kind of the Tsarfang character for me is like you know um like like a respectable voice of uh of reason and and guidance for like you know the new war chiefs of tomorrow or whatever that might look like
1: i agree i agree 100% so what do you think about the next expansion if you know anything about it Shadowlands? Yes, Shadowlands, yeah.
0: I know nothing. I'm (laughs) sure it's going to be great. Um, I hope, uh, you know, I I got a lot of um, questions uh, about um, Sarfang's existence in the Shadowlands and how, like, just just given, like, the way that things track in the Warcraft world, that it would be, uh, you know, very likely that he could, you know, uh, he could live on in that, in that setting um which would be awesome um you know uh i of course i don't i haven't been told anything about that and and it could very well not be but um uh if i if he could participate in that that'd be awesome but I, I mean apart from that i don't really uh i don't know enough you know i keep my I, it's all at arm's length for me because it's so hard to get a crash course on that yeah like you start to re- like the warcraft wiki page it's just it is it's basically like I mean I can't even imagine like I, I there's not even there's not a big enough thing that's happened on earth like I I don't know it, it would be like coming in like the last episode of Game of Thrones if Game of Thrones was like a 15 year experience and being like so what's going on here then eh <laughs> you know like I mean which is basically what I did you know and everyone's yeah. like oh my gosh where do I begin you know um so yeah, I don't I don't know that I can speak to that. I'm supposed to. I need to have like Karen or one of like these people who like know the lore next to me all the time to answer those sort of questions.
1: <laughs> the best person if you want to learn about World of Warcraft's lore is to watch these lore people on uh, YouTube. That's how I like know so much about it, like Noble and people like that. They create lore videos.
0: Oh cool! Well, I gotta. I need to. I just need. I need a comprehensive, like footnotes of like a chronological start to where we are now because I think, like whenever people start to explain things to me, they start like digressing down because there's just so much. It's just so massive. It's so funny. My my parents are in town. They they came to visit me. Uh, my mom is from the UK actually, and my father's from Hawaii, and they're getting a little older now, and they just do not get what I do for a living. Like they <laughs> they never have, and they really don't understand it. But God bless them. They paid for the and they paid for the virtual ticket and watched the BlizzCon panel, and so for the first time in their life, they got a little look or maybe a little more understanding as to what I do. And not that that's very representative of it, because I certainly am not at conventions like you know reenacting cinematics very often. So that might have been kind of an anomaly, but it did prompt them to have, like, questions that were more appropriate now. Like, he's kind of like, my dad wants to understand, like, what Warcraft is, and and, and what, and, and, like, how the community works, and how does the world grow, and I don't have all the answers for that, but it's, like, in explaining it, it was basically like, you know, even though it's war-based at times, it is a utopian society in the sense that, like, this is where people can go to be themselves, and they can become heroes, or they can become villains, and it's an ever-expanding universe that you know, where you get to sort of become the hero that I don't think this planet and this society allows for anymore. Yeah. And kind of explaining that to him was, uh, was cool. I was just talking to him about it last night. I don't know if anybody watched the, uh, I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was a Shadowlands thing, but Taryn talked about how his mother, um, is one of the writers, uh, you know, how his mom started playing War- Warcraft and, she had like a brain disease where she lost a lot of cognitive ability and she basically got like warcrafted back to health by her guild like they walked her back through all the things that they had done and redid stuff with her and she got her hand-eye coordination back as a result of it and is basically fully recovered now you know like i mean like i mean i think that is like the most beautiful story of like kind of what this thing can be you know it's it's pretty incredible
1: it's not always bad then, is it? Because World of Warcraft used to be this... Um, Like, my mum used to like, explain it, like, oh, don't play World of Warcraft so much because you'll end up like your father.
0: Oh, fair enough. I just meant, like, did he get, did he get war... Is, is he, like... Did he get warcrafted into a vegetative state? Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible.
1: So, who was your favourite person to work with? In the... What, your voice in the character, like... I don't know. Maybe did you voice with any other car- like people like Patty Matson or Laura Post?
0: In in the Warcraft world?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so Patty is incredible. Uh, Patty and Josh are incredible. Chris is incredible. Um, uh, you know, there uh the guy that played Zappy Boy, I can't remember his name for some reason. He was wonderful. Uh, he has this wonderful name too. Um, God, I can't. I can't. Remember. I only met him the once. Uh, you know, again, I, I only got uh, you know, a little bit of um, of exposure to these guys. And, and Josh is incredible. Patty is is just such a class act. I mean, she's just from like another era, man. She is so cool. I piled around with her at uh, at BlizzCon, and she really kind of showed me the ropes. She's a endlessly talented and wonderful person. I mean, if I had to pick a favorite though, it would be Chris Metzen though. Um, only because there was this thing that happened between us immediately. We were like, you know, Thrall and Sarfang are these, are these brother type characters, you know? Um, And for some reason, me and that guy clicked like that, you know, like we don't have a relationship outside of the game. Like I don't like text him or call him or anything, but when we get in a room together, it's like, we've always hung out, you know? And I think ultimately this stuff comes down to human relationships. And if you get to go to work or, or go, go anywhere in life and like, and you get to like, hang out with and conversate with a person who you truly admire and enjoy just because of like who they are. Like, I mean, that, that's a real gift, you know? I mean, I, you know, I did a lot of, a lot of weird jobs, a lot of odd things in life where I I did not go home at the end of the day and feel super pumped about anything I did or anything I experienced. And, um, you know, getting to do that with him was was really cool. That's that's where, like, you know, you get a takeaway that you didn't see coming, which is just, like, you had, like, a cool human relationship with another human that you wouldn't have known otherwise, you know, and so I, I would say Chris.
1: Oh, lovely. See, so you could definitely do a Thrall and Sour Fang podcast. That'd be really interesting.
0: <laughs> well, I would love to do that. I don't think he has any interest, uh, you know. <laughs> so, it would be, like, I mean, but that might be funny. It would be funny for me, like, you know, like, in that same way where it's, like, Sarfang trying to convince Thrall to come back and join the Horde and fight again. It would just be basically Sarfang trying to convince Thrall to do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's. uh, uh, You know, you you don't see it now, but, like, the the people are hungry for it. It's going to be great. We could get uh, sponsors, uh, you you know, whatever, uh, you know, (laughs) MailChimp. They're great, you know.
1: To finish off the interview, I was going to ask you to do some lines of Salfang. Just blur, 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 say out anything you want in Salfang's voice just to finish off this interview.
0: Certainly, certainly. Um, anything in particular?
1: Um, no, go for anything. Anything you want to say. All
0: right. Somebody!
1: that is a fantastic line <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't like, 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 I could pick any other
1: <laughs> it's like so, uh, it's like Patty Matson and a for the horde screaming thing that everyone loves that we just, that's how we know your character these these little lines and like are like oh that's ourfang and and Andrew Morgado he did that amazing scream or Patty Matson who did for the horde like that's how like notable everyone is these days.
0: I mean, man. I mean, if you can, just try if you can in life to get a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: my my catchphrase at the moment is "Thank you for listening to Mentally Obsessed."
0: <laughs> there you go. there it is. See, not many people have a catchphrase. You're on your way, my friend.
1: No, I don't think that's my catchphrase. I think we need to think a bit harder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like like good night good luck I don't know you need you, yeah you you need to get a good Reece uh, smart sign
1: up. yeah definitely <laughs> right thank you very much for joining me on this lovely interview Andrew it's been a pleasure to have you on the show
0: Reese, likewise uh, thank you to all the fans and everybody who's listening um, I, it, it sounds corny but it just doesn't exist without you guys like for real like I didn't know what that meant until recently and thank you for all your support and your interest and and Reece thank you so much Uh you know, the mental health aspect of your podcast, I, I would have loved to even get into more. Um, and uh, I just think it's awesome what you're doing. And uh, let's keep in touch. I'm going to be in the UK over the holidays. Let's see if we can get something get something yeah. together.
1: Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only a near mile away. We could meet up or something if you wanted to and you can have a drink and a chat.
0: I'd love that. I'd love it.
1: It's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessed ever Ever again? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So what are you waiting for? Let your obsessions reign free.